Welcome. We are live. Welcome to another episode of Studio 6 Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hill, with my co-host, Shane Peek, and our special guest, Kitty Janice, author, medium. She's been also featured on a couple different uh, paranormal television shows, um, Ghost Adventures to Stay One, um, and I watched that episode. That was the Graver House. Graver House, correct. Graver House, yep. Yeah, yeah, that was actually a really good episode. So, um, first off, I'd like to say I am at the Mansfield Mansion in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, the very spirited and wonderful, beautiful hotel, which I am very grateful for Monica and Luke for letting me do this live every weekend. And having said that, let's get to our guest. So, Kitty, what have you been up to lately? Well, since the... COVID hit. No, I haven't been able to do quite as many investigations as I would like to. Um, yeah, I've just been working and staying busy. I had some issues with, uh, I had a, a senior dog that unfortunately had cancer and I was dealing with her. Um, um, kind of, you know, a bittersweet but poignant story with that is I adopted her as a senior dog. Uh, I had her about a year and a half. She developed cancer. Uh, we were treating it uh, aggressively, but I knew she was basically in hospice care. And on a Monday, I was sitting in the house and I started seeing little shadow spirits starting oh. about the house, about the size of basketballs. Hmm. And I knew that they were animal spirits. Right. And my cat saw them as well. My cat reacted to them. And I texted a friend of mine and, you know, I was in tears because I knew what that meant. Yeah. And right. I said, animal spirits are here they're, they're waiting for lily mm -hmm. and my mm -hmm. friend said does lily see them yet and i said no i don't think she does and she says well then she's just not ready yet and wednesday um she passed away at home so for those of you who think that any of us pass alone in this world it's not true even our pets someone is there to help them cross over right. to, to greet right. them on that way so mm -hmm. it was it was a bittersweet moment, but it was actually kind of sweet to know that she was going to be, you know, escorted, you know, mm -hmm. over the bridge. But it's, it was kind of interesting because there were just little short kind of shadows darting around the baseboards throughout the house, just keeping company, keeping watch and waiting right. for her until she was ready to go. But right. uh, I've been working on a third book. Uh, I, I, I do work full time, so I'm trying to, to work on the book in the meantime. Wow, it is a yeah. slightly different genre. This one is going to be a bit more on dealing with grief and mourning and dealing with trauma and how we push through that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like a self-help book or it's, it is more of a self-help book. My first two books are on the paranormal and my experiences okay. with that. And yes, I will definitely discuss those at length, but this book I'm working on now is in 2017, not to start off on a sad note. It's just, it's just where I was, at the moment, but in 2017, <laughs> uh, well, you asked what I'm doing, so this is what I'm doing. In 2017, I lost my brother unexpectedly, and eight weeks later, I got up to go to work, and my husband had passed away sitting on the couch. Oh, wow. And I lost my 22-year-old cat. I lost a 96-year-old friend. I lost, it. I lost four people that year, plus wow. my beloved cat. And in dealing with that people don't understand that the, the grief that people go through is not only are they mourning those that they've lost, but they are actually in that moment, they themselves die almost literally because at that moment I was no longer sister. I was no longer caretaker. I was no longer wife. I was no longer, you know, pet owner. And I really had to re-identify myself. And so I started changing the space, uh, changing what I needed in my life and I started uh, buying some things on Facebook Marketplace to change the way that the room looked. Mm -hmm. And I grew up being an antiques dealer also. So, Oh man, my wife would love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of borderline hoarder. A, a yeah, little I was going to say, but... she's borderline hoarder. It's like, where did, <laughs> did you really need that, babe? I mean... Yeah, I know, but uh, to, to segue into the story, which I actually was going to address 
later, but we're, we're there, so I might as well talk about it. Is Do it. Um, I really love the stories that objects tell. This also yeah. does carry over into the paranormal with psychometry and yeah. and the history of locations and objects themselves. And I was buying a few things, changing the way the space looks, and I was tinkering around on you know marketplace, and I found this kind of funky little gothic mirror. And I'm really not into gothic stuff per se, but something about this little mirror struck me. And so I decided to go and buy it. And I was driving, it was about a 20 mile drive to the city. And this city is more of an industrial area. It's for lack of a better term, it's kind of sketchy. Yeah. And I'm driving and driving and I'm getting close to this location and I get to the apartment building and I don't even want to get out of the car. It's that sketchy. Oh, wow. and so I, I text the lady because I don't know what apartment she's in. And this beautiful young lady comes out, this flowery sundress. And I immediately felt all the guilt and, you know, sadness <laughs> of it. You know, who am I to say what her circumstances are? You know, just this lovely young lady. And so I get out and she takes me into a one bedroom apartment with a king size bed in the living room. Grandma's on the sewing machine. And her little boy's in a little plastic kiddie pool in the kitchen. And, you know, I get a gist of her living situation. She takes me into the bedroom where this mirror is. And she's explaining how, you know, she's obviously living with, you know, parents and grandparents. And she's trying to save up money. So she's selling some items. And this was her mother's mirror. And I immediately said, why are you selling, you know, something that belonged to your mother? Mm-hmm. And she says, well, you know, I'm going to cosmetology school and I just got married. And so I need, you know, I need newer things i don't need to have the nostalgia of it and of course i'm totally like but nostalgia is everything right (laughs) and so i'm looking at this mirror and it had a big old chip in it that i didn't see in the picture but i'm talking to her about how i'm now recently on the other end of the marriage spectrum i was recently widowed and so we shared some tears and some hugs and some stories so you know long story short or short story long at this point not only did I buy the mirror, I paid more for the mirror than she was asking for it because she so desperately needed the money. Uh-huh. And so it gave her a hug. I, I'm driving home and I have this funky little chip mirror on the car seat and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, how blessed I am to have met this person because I never would have met this person in this town I never go to if it had not been for the circumstances that I find myself in now, as sad as it was. I met this sweet person and we were talking about this mirror and how it had been her mother's and then had been hers and now it is mine. And so not only do we go through chapters and journeys through life, but objects do as well. Right. And right. people in the paranormal really you know, know that because objects and locations just have this ongoing history. Right. And I'm thinking these old objects carry these stories with them and I'm adding more chapters to this object story. And so the working title of my book is We Are What We Leave Behind, because that's essentially what we are. We are our stories. We are our objects. We are, you know, our children. Mm -hmm. And those of us who deal in the paranormal, dealing with, you know, those who have crossed over, we're continuing to add, you know, chapters, fresh chapters to their stories. Even though they have departed, they're still willing to communicate with us. And we're we're adding to their history. Have you tried uh, Yeah. I love that scrying with that. Have you tried any scrying with that mirror just to see if you could get any more? I haven't. You know, there you go. Yeah, I I do enjoy psychometry work. I haven't done scrying with it yet. That's a good idea. I think I'll. There you go. You got a mirror. You got to scry it. Yeah, right. That's a good idea, Shane. Especially one that has that much emotion attached to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not into the gothic stuff, but something about that mirror. Right. Well, you might find it. out what that is if you, you know. Definitely. There you yeah. go. See? So, yeah, I've been working on um, the third book, uh, trying to get that finished up. But other than that, uh, just hoping some things start opening up here in California. We're still really kind of shut down on a lot of locations. Sadly, the Queen Mary, my favorite, is still closed. That's it's sorry. going through some, you know, negotiation issues of who's actually going to be in control of it. and. That, that's my favorite go-to place, and it's probably going to remain closed throughout the remainder of the year. Right. 
So tell me about this hotel that you're in, Jay. It sounds like a place I definitely need to visit. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> one of the first original buildings that was built in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin here. Um, 1856. So um, it was built by Philip Maxwell. He was a surgeon from Chicago. And he built this as a summer home um, for his for his wife, if I'm not mistaken. And um, similar to the Stanley Hotel, built it for his wife as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, us guys seem to do that. I don't know <laughs> if I would ever do that, but that's not a bad idea. But but no, this is uh, it's it's changed hands a few times. Um, it's basically been. Um, a hotel for quite a while and it's got five rooms in the main house and then there's like what they call carriage rooms it's like a like a complex behind it that's got um hotel rooms and like um a pool and stuff like that so um yeah i fell in love with this place when i was in high school when i used to walk from high from school home when i lived downtown when i was 18 I would walk by this place and this place was just, I don't know what it was. It was something that always drew me to this place. And so when I finally got into investigate this place and, you know, talk with the, with the owners and this and that, I discovered that this, this is just the history here is plentiful. I mean, it's just got so much going on and it's more like a, in my description, this place is more like a way station. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like for like, I call like spirits that travelers, they come and go, you know, and I just, there's just been a lot of influx of different spiritual energy in this place. And so it's just a beautiful hotel boutique type, you know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, I love it. So I feel so at home here. It's, it's kind of unreal. It sounds beautiful. I love historic places that make you feel at home as if you belong there as if you've been there yep. before mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you yeah. may have at some point definitely yeah and i'm hoping to get shane here and so we can do an investigation he's got oh, yeah, I'll be science, here. <laughs> scientific um equipment that he built himself that he's trying to use some of my gifts along with that and the hotel itself and see if we can't come up with something and so yeah it's going to be an exciting time i'm hopefully going to do that this summer but yeah uh, it's just everything's just so hectic with COVID still and all that, you know, we're getting a little better now here, but I know there's other places that are just, you know, the lockdowns just really hurt a lot of people, you know. And plus it's just hard for some of these places to get the staffing as well. So it's just yeah. hard for them to open up at all. Cause yeah. that's what's happening in Michigan. Almost everything's back to normal, except for everything's reduced hours or whatnot, just because there's no staff. Yeah. 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 So, um, can you tell me, uh, what I wanted to go, go to your, 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 uh, book that I enjoyed immensely. Um, Thank you so very much. When the dead speak and what was your inspiration for that? Or even just for a certain chapter in that book? Well, I had been an investigator for probably about 20 years wow. and I could have made the book, you know, about the equipment about what makes places haunted. But what I was finding over the course of the years was something that was not being addressed. It either wasn't being addressed in the television shows, it wasn't being addressed by private groups, or was it wasn't being addressed when I was on investigations with other people. And that is personal boundaries. Mm -hmm. And people who go to locations, be they somewhat benign or something with you know a darker presence. And you have to remember, as we all know as investigators, the dealing with the paranormal is, is basically energy work. And dealing with energy is going to be layering upon you over and over again. And if you don't take care of yourself, if you aren't cognizant of what is being layered upon you and dealing with that, um, it starts affecting you. It starts affecting your health. It starts affecting your mindset. It starts affecting your mood. It can start affecting your relationships. And I really felt that people were kind of aware of it, but it wasn't really being, well, what do I do about it? You know, so, okay, yeah. so I, I feel sad, I feel depressed, or 
I feel strangely drawn to, you know, this kind of demonic place. Why do I keep going back there? Or I got scratched by an entity. And then it would just kind of end at that. And I'm thinking, well, why isn't this being, you know, dealt with on what to do if things kind of go wrong? And if you go into a location, how do you kind of protect yourself? How do you deal with the energies? And not only that, what do you do when you encounter spirits that ask for help? Mm-hmm. There's a, a gentleman in the paranormal by the name of Adam Bly. He also mm-hmm. works with, a, you know, a, like a demonologist in the Catholic Church. He's a psychologist. And I attended one of his lectures one time. And he said, I just really hate it when I see people go on investigations and they come running back all excited. Look, 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 I got this EVP and it says, help me, help me. And they hear crying and they can't wait to put it on YouTube. He says, so what did you do to help the spirit? He goes, it's like poking them with a stick. <laughs> right, right. You know, they they aren't here to you know, entertain you. If something asks you for help, you have a moral obligation, obligation right. to, in, in any way you can, if, whether you're trained or not, or I think it's mostly just your intention, mm-hmm. of offer some sort of help. And that was really an epiphanal moment of, wow, I love going to historic locations, but yes, I am kind of getting these EVPs that these sometimes they do ask for help or what do I do? So right. that's kind of twofold of what the book addresses is not only protecting ourselves, but also offering ways of giving spirit help. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason that I learned Reiki. I right. didn't even know what Reiki was and I'd been an investigator for years and I thought, well, shoot, I need to find a way to help spirit aside from mm-hmm. just you know offering angels candles you know go to the light and all of it is very helpful because it is your intention of offering to help if you and that's what it is it's your intention yeah you can work with angels in a totally non-religious context just say mm-hmm. i am here as a conduit i need someone to come and help the soul to cross mm-hmm. if there are angels please come down put your hand on their shoulder and guide them where they need to be and people they go, I don't know how to do that. I don't work with the church. I'm not a priest. You don't need to be. <laughs> you don't need to be. It's strictly just the intention of putting that out there and offering to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing when I read that part. And, like, the whole book itself just kind of spoke to me in that way of kind of reaffirmed my intention that I'm wanting to help spirits. You know what I mean? Help them. And even helping the living. You know what I mean? There's It's a total different gamut of... You know, helping the living is one thing and helping the spirits is something completely different in that sense. But your ultimate goal is to help in general. You know, I mean, and that's what I that's what I love to do. I love to be able to help people. And I've helped people, you know, with with loved ones or I've helped, you know, spirits that have crossed over, you know, or that needed help crossing over or an angry spirit that was, you know, hell bent on getting revenge, you know, and. It just, and people don't quite understand how that all works. Um, but that's why I, I do these shows. That's why I want people to know and to be educated in that sense and to want to be able to, it's not just about investigating and leaving it that, you know, like you said, it's what, what did you do for that spirit or what did you do for that person? Or what did you, you know, what did you leave behind? Basically, did you leave a mess? Or did you clean it up? Or did you, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> a lot of well, exactly. people. And the respect carries over into the location as well. Like you say, you don't leave a mess. Right. You don't vandalize. I often will take small offerings mm-hmm. to a location, especially if it has Native American right. uh, connotations. Right. I'll bring uh, sweet tobacco or some sage mm-hmm. or yeah. sometimes even just flowers. Sometimes right. sprinkle some holy water. Uh, one time when I was on the Star of India, which is a fabulous location in San yeah. Diego, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of my favorites, yeah. the Star of India. I took one of those little teeny tiny bottles of rum, uh-huh. and I kind of tucked it somewhere onto the ship. Right. And I just said out loud to the captain, here I am, I'm bringing you a little offering of rum, this is for you. And at the same time, I was running my digital recorder, and I got a fabulous EVP that says, we can have. So they do pay attention to what you're right. 
doing in in that respect. And I was showing my respect to the captain and to the crew by saying, Mm -hmm. here's a little offering. Here I am just, you know, I mean no harm. I just mean to communicate. And yeah, I'll take little small offerings and give my respect to the property as well. A lot of it is respect. You know, it's all about, even when you go to a cemetery, it's the same thing. You're always going to an investigation or somewhere that you know that spirits are going to, or you think that you know spirits are going to be there. Your intention has to be right to begin with. If you're going in there thinking that this is just a thrill, you're in the either you're you're basically not doing yourself any service, you know, or anybody else for that matter. Yeah, yeah it's just, great to get evidence. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just treat them like, okay, if I'm going to visit somebody, it's gonna it's gonna be you are literally yeah, going you don't go to empty handed. visit somebody. I mean, yeah. it's it's the same. It's you know, just because they're not physically present doesn't mean you know. Right. So treat them like you would if you went to go visit them. Yeah. Yep. Take, take yep. some pennies. Take a little handful of flowers to the cemetery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't go empty-handed to a friend's house. Don't go empty-handed to any of these haunted locations either. Yep. Right. Right. And I totally agree with that. I mean, I think that. And that carries over into healing and blessing mm-hmm. of the locations as well. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. there's been some heavy energy, some heavy work done there, if you've had to carry over and cross over some spirits. You know, do some Reiki on the location, burn some mm-hmm. white candles, um, you know, sprinkle some holy water saying, you know, I, I leave this place with love and light. I'm calling angels in, you know, right, right. whoever wants, like with that, with your hotel, you know, if mm-hmm. this is a portal for people who want to come and go and pass through, make it a place of comfort yep. and light and, and welcome. Yes. And just put yes. that intention out there. Mm-hmm. And people I, I always greet them when I come, even when, as soon as I walk on the property, I always greet them because I know that they're here, you know, and I always thank them when I leave, you know, it's just, it's, this isn't my house. It's their house. I mean, they were here, Exactly. you know what I mean? And so that's the way I look at it and the way I view it. And I know that the owner, Monica, she, she thinks that me being here is, is valuable to her because she's learned a lot about what's here and, and the things that have happened and the things that she's noticed and, but it's all, it's a positive vibe. You know, it's, there, there is some negative stuff here, but that is under control. You know what I mean? It's just, now let me ask you, since yeah. you, you've mentioned the mansion twice now, is there something in particular that you sense in this mansion that, that when you could see behind me, you could sense this because I know that you can, can sense these things. Well, they are very curious about your show mm-hmm. and things just keep kind of peeking around corners and just kind of watching you, mm-hmm. but they're, they're very curious that yeah. the fact that you, they know that you can communicate with both sides of the veil. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not picking up a lot of darker stuff right now. I, I'm just picking up a lot of curiosity and it's probably because you're doing the show right now, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I think they really do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and that, I, got a, I got a question. So can you g- give us a 30,000-foot view of what the Reiki is? And, Reiki? And how, yeah, Reiki, how it, how, it, how it fits in, how it's used in the paranormal, how you use it. I mean, what what is it and how is it used? Sure. Reiki is a combination of two Japanese words, Rei meaning... Um, universal and keep meaning energy. So it's basically you are channeling universal energy. Sure. So if you go into a location, it's also setting your intention. So it's a lot to do. Uh, it incorporates your chakras. It incorporates your uh, intention and incorporates meditation. It's basically making you a vessel to bring in healing energy. Now the body heals itself you can actually help heal others you can heal locations you can heal time it transcends time and space and i just thought it was a bunch of woo woo when i first (laughs) heard about it i thought this this is just completely ridiculous until i actually started dealing with it and you'll notice when you go to locations or close to a person or close to an object you'll feel that little bit of tension Okay. In between you and an object. Well, that's that energy that you're picking up. Well, think of auras. 
It's sure. kind of like manipulating auras to some extent. And when you go to a location, you can actually utilize the power of this universal energy and directing it and sending it to where it needs to go. Okay. You channel it through your body and usually out your arms and infusing it with a healing intention is okay. basically what you're doing. You can send it to a location. You can send it through a person. You can send it to a spirit. Okay. And I have actually done healing to spirits on the other side. Sure. Because sometimes there are spirits, and when we cross, you know, cross over, we don't entirely cross over because we have unresolved issues. We have guilt. We right. we we died in a during physical trauma, and sometimes they hold on to those things because that they were a, the last tangible aspects of being mortal. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they don't necessarily want to release that. Sure. And I did a channeling with. I, I, I'm still in shock that I was able to do it because it came so spontaneously. I did a channeling with David Bowie after he had passed. <laughs> okay. And he just came to me. He makes and good I thought, I kind of like, what the, what the heck are you doing with me? I'm not a musician. I, I'm so not worthy. Right, right. And he just started talking to me about how he was still continuing to produce music on the other side. And I've heard that quite a bit that artists continue to create while on the other side. And he said, oh, you don't know because you're not here yet, but you create music through movement. And he was twirling and floating, but I kept get picking up this horrible burning in his chest. And I said, you know, I can relieve you of some of that pain. And he says, no, it helps me focus. <laughs> but okay. just by kind of sending the energy out and focusing, you know, on the part that needed the healing, I was able to sure. relieve some of the the pain that he was feeling, even though he was still able to focus on his work. But Reiki, it utilizes symbols, it utilizes meditation, it utilizes that physical tension between two physical bodies. Okay. I use it a lot on locations. I actually am trained to work on cancer patients utilizing Reiki in their healing. But what okay. it does is that it helps balance out a person's or location's energy flow. If there's a blockage, sure. if there's like a negative portal, if there's an area like where you know it's sludgy and elementals are coming through, uh, people don't feel good in that certain area because something uh, traumatizing has happened in that location, you are able to redirect the energy and neutralize it and then send in healing energy some of the mistakes that people who say oh yeah I, I can do reiki i can do all these you know healing things they just keep dumping good onto bad they're just putting lipstick on the pig no, you right, actually right. have to pull out the bad energy and send it with loving thoughts on its way and then neutralize the area or the person and then you can infuse it with the good energy then the body, then the location, then the spirit has the ability to actually heal themselves. Okay. And it's, okay. It kind of has to be experienced to truly be believed because once <clears throat> you do experience it and you're feeling that energy flow, mm -hmm. it's really funny because sure. I, I learned from a person who taught, quote, the Montessori version of Reiki. <laughs> it wasn't the, the strict textbook version. And I will go to Reiki seminars where other people are teaching and they're doing, yes, you must run your hands counterclockwise and you must go from head to foot and you know, turn the page and then we do this and this and this and i'm just like looking at the person yeah your knee hurts because you fell and nobody in your family appreciates you <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just i'll just start picking up you know everything that goes on with their life it, it just becomes yeah. a, an opening yeah. into into right. their soul and into their energy and right. everything into their lives so right. to, to follow up what's the difference between someone that practices Reiki and like a spirit medium or are they one in the same? Is it one in the same? Reiki is a tool for a, a medium to use. Okay. So mm -hmm. that makes sense now. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very much on the science and technical and math and statistics and that thing. 
you know, me, me and Jay here, the yin and yang, you know, yeah, pretty the much. side, I'm the tech side. As I, as so I like to say, the, these the are tool, new, new concepts yeah. for me. The, the tools of any kind, be it Reiki, be it, you know, digital recorders, be it, all, you know, a, a Jacob's ladder, be it anything, sure. you know, a, a mill meter, those yeah. tools help validate mm -hmm. what the medium, what the investigator is already experiencing. Understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Reiki is just another valuable tool okay. into any investigator's tool set. All right. right. Thank you. Now, uh, speaking about the Reiki, um, let's say that you go to a location and that you just have trouble communicating. I mean, you know that you sense spirits there, but it just feels like you're standing behind two panes of glass and you can't hear them, but you know they're there. Is there something that a medium can do to kind of break that glass so that they can actually hear or communicate with that spirit that is, it just seems like, you know what I mean? It, it may be that the spirits there are reluctant to, to speak because mm -hmm. they may have not had a good experience with others who have been there. Mm -hmm. They may have been traumatized by something and just don't want to come forward. It may be a bullying spirit that is blocking other spirits from coming through. I've had that happen quite a bit. Yeah, I think we got some of that here. So once again, you just go back to your intention. Say, I don't want to give anything negative here an audience. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to right. talk to demons. I'm not here to talk to elementals. I'm not right. here to do any of that. I'm here to communicate. I'm here to give you a voice. If you mm -hmm. wish to communicate, be it if you just want the company, if you want to convey something, if you need help crossing over, if you just want to say hi, because you love this beautiful location as much as I do, which is why I'm visiting it. Once again, it goes back to respect. I'm right, here right. in your space. I am here as a guest. And you just put that intention out. And then just say, here I am. I'm here for you. I'm going to go over here now and, you know, look at this beautiful room for a while. I might be back. And mm -hmm. then just kind of let them dwell on that a little bit and say, well, okay, maybe this person is kind of here to help and doesn't seem so bad and... Sure. Uh, just go back to the location and see how the energy feels when you go back to that room. And whatever it is that might need to communicate might be in a different area of your location mm -hmm. as well. That bad, you know, double pane glass mm -hmm. might still be there, but because you set that intention out in respect and want to communicate and just say, you know, I just love this place. I'm just going to take some pictures because I just think it's so cool. I mm -hmm. can see I understand why you want to stay here because it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. When I pass, I think I just want to stay here too. You know, right. just, you know, don't bullshit him too much, but just say, I'm just, okay. I think this is a beautiful place. I want, I'm right. here to right. visit. Right. Do you mind if I, I join you for a little while? Right. And just kind of set that intention out and maybe just kind of say, I'm going to go over here for a little while. I might be back. They may mm -hmm. follow you. Or once again, right. you might go back into that location and it might feel completely different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Well, that answers my question. <laughs> it, it just kind of goes a lot on how I feel at times. Just a lot of what I do is intuition based. You right. know, I don't go in saying there's a little girl named Jackie in the pool room. She must right. be the only one I can communicate with, right. or someone died on the stairs here. I right. must set up recorders only in this way. I, I just. Like you said, in that hotel, there's people coming and going all the time. You don't yeah, know who you're going yeah. to encounter. Yeah, I can't keep track of them all. <laughs> you just go in with uh, an open mind and say, yeah, who's here? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on? Yeah. So yeah, have, you ever, yeah. have you ever tried directing spirits to your equipment? Because that's what I want Jay to do. Yeah. So, I mean, for, oh, for yeah. me, I have basically zero spiritual anything. Mm -hmm. So... The, my eyes and ears are my my pieces of equipment, you know, and they're much different than things that you're used to. But the problem is, is getting the spirits to, you know, interact with the things and to, 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 to get things to happen. So do you, do you let them know that it's there? Say, look, I, oh, I, yes. just, I just built this new gadget. It okay. does this. Yeah. You know, um, tried several different things. Uh, say okay. this one will direct this one will be able to see you this yep. one i'll be able to hear you with sure try go, you know come close and see which one you like better yeah because i've done that you know okay can you touch this or can you mm -hmm. you know 
go through, you know, this piece of equipment or can you, you know, just that kind of thing. But, you know, so. But what? I'm just trying to figure out how you spirit people get these things to happen. Cause it just, to me, you know, it's like, it's just an empty space and, you know, kind of like being in the right, in there place and the right time. The thing records for six hours and you got flat lines and nothing. And it's like, well, that was a, it was a nice place to visit. I'm out, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes not always once in a while we get some strange things you can't really explain, but well, and I think most of the time it's null everything. I think that kind of goes back with intention too. And not to say that your intention was bad or anything like that, but sure. you know, whoever you have with you, yep. you know what I mean? Their, their intentions might be completely different. So if their intention is basically saying strictly science-based and this and that, and if there's a spirit there, he's like, I'm not going to talk to this guy. Yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? So Yeah, spirits don't talk to the nerds. <laughs> yeah. Well, not necessarily that, but it's just the fact that, you know, I mean, it's like I said, it just goes back to what the, the intention of of yeah. what your, your true intention is. And, you know, maybe it's just, expressing that in a different way or, or maybe a little bit more fervor, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I guess if I looked at the big picture, my true intention would be to, you know, add validity to what you guys say is happening all the time, you know, which to, to in my feeling of the world never happens. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, the, you guys all say this thing and there's spirits everywhere and things are happening all the time, but I ain't seen it. So, Right. Yeah. How do I make so, this better? I would say that that's kind of part of your intention too, because the fact that you're on that, on that fence, you're like, <laughs> okay, over here it's this and over here it's this. And so it's kind of like, you've got to come to an agreement with yourself saying, okay, this stuff can be real and this stuff can also be yeah. scientifically documented. Yeah. And that's pretty much where I'm at. It's just, it's hard to get it to go. So what's your <laughs> ideas, Kitty? Yeah. <laughs> we need a revelation here. <laughs> no, and that's fine. We need to approach this with a scientific mindset mm-hmm. because we're going to be considered a pseudoscience forever because we cannot replicate these in a laboratory settings. Sure. We have many, many, many pieces of evidence. We have lots of effects, but we don't know the cause. Yeah, And so that's our little quandary right now is we have all these pieces of equipment. We have people who can you know, communicate, but we don't understand exactly how they're communicating. We don't understand when they're communicating. Sure. I mean, is this a type of time travel? Are we yeah. on a different thread of, you know, the quantum physics string? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are we, are they reaching forward through some sort of a veil? We just, we yeah. don't have a lot of, those answers yet and unfortunately it's still kind of muddy waters and i don't know in my lifetime i hope we get more of those answers but in the meantime i just try to approach things with respect mm-hmm. and try to leave this place a little bit better than you know when i entered it and help those who i can right. and kind of on that same vein yeah. uh once again I, I mentioned you know in 2017 i lost my brother my brother had an IQ of 165. That's he spoke okay. 17 languages. He had two PhDs. He had four master's degrees. Wow. He, he, he was everything I aspired to be. Um, right. And so he passed suddenly. I wasn't there when he passed. He was 3,000 miles away, unfortunately. So I got a, co- I got a cold call on a Wednesday from his friend saying he's in the hospital. He's not going to make it. Are you going to fly out? And I just didn't think I was going to be able to make it out in time. And I was at work. And so I just went in a quiet area of work and I just asked, I just, I just, I've never tried to communicate actually with somebody who was comatose, but not yet gone. So this was a new experience for me. And I just said, out loud just i was just winging it i just said i don't think i'm going to make it out to see you um you're not responding to what the doctors you know your gag reflex you're not you're unresponsive what is wrong and i just heard in my head i heard him say i just don't hurt where i am right now 
And so I made that decision. I just said, well, if you need to go, it's okay. I walked 10 feet and my phone rang. Oh, wow. 10 feet. And the phone rang and it was his friend. And he was saying that he was going and that they were starting to unplug him. So in that respect, the communication was immediate. Right. A couple of weeks pass. I'm at work. I work kind of late nights. It's very quiet where I am. So I can kind of, you know, do my own thing. And so I'm just talking sure. out loud. I'm saying, okay, you know what I do. You know what I can, that I can communicate. You're on the other side now. Do something for me. Here, levitate this. You know, appear before me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, now, now is your chance. Right. And I kind of see this hologram, for lack of a better term, of my brother. And he says, these are his exact words. This is my brother with a high IQ who had just died a couple weeks prior. I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. There are rules over here. <laughs> He then takes one of those big, long paper scrolls and just unrolls it all the way across the floor with a set of rules that spirits apparently need to follow when the other on the other side. Mm -hmm. And in some weird way that makes sense, because if you think of all, you know, the serial killers and the criminals and the, the bad people who have you know, met their end, can you imagine the anarchy that would be going on over there once they are out of the confines of the human body? What would right. be going on if there wasn't some sort of monitoring, you know, checking system over there? I never thought of that. Uh, but it, that took me completely off guard because here I thought, oh, he's going to, you know, give me all this information. He's going to be a you know, spirit guide for me. He's going to do all these things. And he basically mm -hmm. said, no, there are rules over here. He has since gone on to work with other scientists on the other side um, because he, he actually is continuing to evolve and invent things on the other side. I see you rolling your eyes there, Shane. I see that. I see that through the glass. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. But right. he actually told me, I said, so what can you divulge to me that will actually come to pass? He says probably within, you know, time is relative over there. So I'm not sure of the time frame, but he said probably within 10 years, we will no longer use keyboards. Everything will be projected through thought. See, then you, I can figure out how you guys work. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> kind of like Alexa. You just ask right. the you just ask the computer what it is you want, and it will appear on the screen. He says right. that that's going to be probably coming to fruition pretty quickly. I asked yeah. him if he was working with Tesla yet. He says no. There's a wait list. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's his that's his dream though was to actually work with Tesla. He says no. I haven't yeah. had that chance to yet. I've but built he a lot of Tesla stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But my brother has been able to, you know, have some conversations with me and uh, what he can and cannot divulge over there is pretty interesting. But, yeah, he is working with other scientists over there and he's he's OK. I said, are you able to walk much better now? He goes, I walk when I can fly. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's crazy. We don't realize you know, because of the fact that a lot of people you know, are trying to get this evidence and get all this, you know, what's this main question? What's it like over? What's it like? And they, like you said, they, they can't really divulge anything. But I mean, they don't divulge much of anything. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, I mean, unless you've got, like you said, you're talking about the serial killers and, you know. Well, you think about those sticking points of the people who are complete disbelievers and total skeptics. And being a skeptic is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But they say, okay, fine. Why don't we just ask people who were murdered who killed them? Wouldn't that just be the easiest thing to do? And right. once again, it goes back to there must be some sort of rule that they can't do that because I have yet to hear a hard and fast bit of evidence of any kind of psychic medium contacting someone who has been murdered to give a definitive name and just finger sure. point. This person did it. This is how they did it. This is how you find the evidence to show that they did it. They'll give images. They'll give you know, some direction, they'll give you a story and they'll guide you. And I have worked on a couple of police cases, but they don't give exact names and there must be a reason for that. They'll show you their face. They'll show you things right, they were carrying. Right. They'll show you like the car they were driving, but they won't just say, yeah, you know, Joe Blow did it on the 17th of May and my body's over here. 
and that's another thing I have to shrug my shoulders at is why can't they do that? That would yeah, yeah, that would sense. give them so much closure. We give their families closure. Why is there a rule saying that that cannot happen? Yeah, and if that happened multiple times, you know, then that would put huge credibility to the whole mediumship, the whole that whole side. I mean, if you could get even one person on the entire planet that could do it very consistently with correct facts. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that point, the whole rest of it's moot. It's like, all right, well, we proved that. Now let's move on and see what else we can do with it. You know, maybe maybe at some point when they cross over, it's not as important to them. But it's just really odd that that has not come to pass, because not only would that give a lot of closure and justice to them, but it would really be a deterrent to someone who wanted to kill somebody. Well, they're just going to come back and tell me, tell everybody, tell the police who did it. And now I'm going to get in trouble. Yep. I'm kind of at a loss to tell you why we can't do that. Yeah, that is kind of weird, you know, but again, it could be like, like Shane, like you said, it was, you know, once that cat's out of the bag and then, you know, more mediums and everybody can do it. And then it's kind of like an over, it's like an influx of mediumship. And it's yeah. kind of like that's maybe not the focus that was supposed to be. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Well, and at that you know, point, it now becomes: Are we proving or disproving? But how does it work? Why does it work? You know, I mean, just the same way science does everything. They just like, discover something new once they know what it is. Then they go on the who, when, where, why, what, how stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, right now yeah. we're still in the you know what do we got? <laughs> yeah, right. so, it, it is very frustrating it is very, yeah. very frustrating because we're kind of stuck on that end that they can only give us yeah. so much information Makes right. Sense. right um now have you had any other family members contact you that you've lost um i my husband was a bit of a sadder issue okay <laughs> i don't i don't know if i want to get into that with the show yeah, right, that's I, I can certainly tell you of a story of a reading that I did for a client without giving you know too much personal information, but it's a very, very sweet story, was I did a reading for um, a mother who had lost a five-year-old son. Okay. She now had a living, like, four- or five-year-old son, and she wanted to connect with the son who had passed. And I was looking at her and trying to connect with the little boy, And at first, I couldn't see him. All I could see was a pair of small hands being held by a set of larger hands, just cut off from the forearm down. And a lot of the channeling sometimes I would do, I would do with other mediums. We would do like as a group Mm -hmm. channeling, which is a fabulous way because you get different perspectives. One person will see one thing, one person will see another. And we kind of bounce off each other. And I'm asking her, why am I only seeing the hands? And she says, because I think the little boy has actually gone on reincarnated and who that little boy was by name, by soul, by personality, mm-hmm. what's left of that is being held in the grandmother's hands. That is all that remains of who that little boy was. Oh, wow. I said, well, that kind of makes sense. But then I looked at the mom again and I kind of got this overlay of like bugs flying around her and looked like little flies and they looked really strange, like very Tim Burton-y. Okay. And I'm thinking, and part of what you, the work as a medium is you are getting little bits of information and visuals and sound bits, and you have to interpret those. And people say, right. well, they're just doing a cold read because they're asking questions. Well, part of it is I, I'm not making sense of what I'm seeing. Right. And I don't want to just discount things because it may make perfect sense to the client. Right. So I'm looking, but I want to phrase it in a way that's not odd or strange or insulting. So I don't want to say, hey, what's with the flies buzzing all around your head? You take a shower today or what? So I said, what's with the bees? Sounded a little bit better. I said, I'm seeing strange looking insects around you. So then I start asking, are you seeing insects in odd places, out of place areas? I feel, and then you'll get, you know, the audio information of what the little boy is telling you. I say, I'm I'm hearing that the little boy is sending these to you. So our, and then she just started sobbing. Okay. And I, oh, I've hit something. Yeah. And it, then it totally, I'm getting all goosebumps now. And I did this reading yeah. years and years ago. 
she just started sobbing. See, I had no idea. If I just, I'm seeing flies around you, you got something going on. But I, so that's why I kind of ask a few questions. Are you seeing these in an odd place? He is bringing them to you. And she said the boy that had passed used to draw little insects all the time. And she says only recently has the son that she has now, and he's drawing the exact same looking insects. Wow. And I said, that is, that is the gift that your deceased son is bringing to you. Is he showing you he's still watching over you and the, the boy that you have now? And that's why you're, the son you have now is drawing the same insects. I go, that, that is the gift. See, but it made absolutely no sense when I'm looking at her and I'm seeing flies buzzing around her head. Mm-hmm. But by just kind of reaching out a little bit and just kind of asking a little bit of information, right. it's not a cold read. It's just trying to interpret the visuals mm-hmm. and the information that a medium is getting. Right. So it makes sense to the client. Right. And sometimes right. it might not make sense immediately as it did in this young lady, which was fabulous. Sometimes I'll just say, just just sit on it a little bit. Right, you know, right, it might right. make sense in a you know a couple of days, a week. It might jog your memory. I so, did another reading for a lady who was very open. She said, "Just whatever comes through, whatever you need, whatever I need, just you know, <laughs> do it." And I'm reading her email, and just by reading her email, all of a sudden the spirit came through. This flamboyant dude says, "Oh my gosh, I've been waiting forever for this lady to kind of reach out." I've been, we were like two peas in a pod. We were. I completed her. And he was so specific about, once again, he doesn't say his name, but he was so specific about what he wanted. So get this. He wanted her to order a custom pair of shoes and have a saying on one of the shoes, saying like, we are together, and then on the other shoe, so now we are complete. And I'm like, oh, that's random. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I called the lady up. I said, usually, you know, I schedule these things, you know, later in the day, but somebody is coming through and he's loud. He wants to talk to you now. So she said, oh, okay, okay, you know, go ahead and call. So I called her and I told her, this guy's flamboyant. He's, he wants you to get these custom shoes and I'm describing him. And she's like, that doesn't ring a bell. I have no clue who you're talking about. And I'm thinking, oh, I just screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> now, sometimes, sometimes another spirit will pop in and just, you know, butt their way into a reading right. and have no relevance to the client. I said, well, that may be the case. He may be just somebody who was a friend of somebody you knew, but he swears, he swears, he knows you. That you were two peas in a pod and you completed each other. I mean, and he was so adamant about it. She's like, I haven't a clue who you're talking about. I go, okay, just sit on it. Just, it might make sense later. If not... We'll touch base again, like in a week or so, maybe something will come up. And so she hangs up and I'm thinking, well, I, I screwed that one up. Who the heck just, you know, bogarted that at that <laughs> reading? You know? I'm thinking, who's that? So a week goes by and I get an email from her. She says, I got this random out of the blue friend request on Facebook from somebody I've never heard before. Hmm. And, but the name kind of sounded familiar so she said, so I sent him a, a, you know, a response. It turned out it was the brother of a f- kid that she had known as a, ch- and as a childhood friend. And they were two peas in a pod when they were children. But he moved away at like the age of six. So she didn't know him as an adult. She didn't know the flamboyant guy who wanted to order the pair of custom shoes with saying on him. That person she didn't know, but that was the person he became. Hmm. She only knew him as the child. But a week later, she just gets this random friend request from the guy's brother. Yeah. So this was another way of the universe reaching out and saying, hey, look, this is to validate. This is who this person was that was trying to get a hold of you. Because she said, I had no idea who this person was you were talking about. Now it makes sense that that's who that person became because he moved away when, you know, he was six and we kind of lost right. touch, but that makes perfect sense who that person was. Right, and he, right, that right. unfortunately that young man had passed away recently. Mm-hmm. So that's right. another way of saying, you know, don't panic. If the information you're getting doesn't completely make sense. Right. And that's it, scares, it, it that might, it me. might circle back and then make sense later on. And the same thing goes with investigation and your equipment. Just saying, I'm not getting anything. Nothing's coming through. It may just be a quiet spell. It may be the wrong room. It may be the wrong energy going through. Sure. You know, they always say if you go into uh, locations where there's been a lot of construction or a lot of change, you know, right. 
I love going and investigating the same location multiple times. Sure. Because yeah, if you, if you do too. three investigations and nothing happens, that fourth investigation, when you get all that evidence, really validates it to me. If you go in the location and you're getting the same weird noise every single time, that leads me to believe you better check like the fans. You better check for yeah. infrasound. Right, right, you better right. check for high EMS because mm -hmm. if it's that consistent, yep. that leads me to believe it may not be you know, paranormal after all. So actually sometimes inconsistency in the evidence validates that it's kind of more human based. Right. Interesting. Right. That's just yeah. me. But. <laughs> yeah, well. but no, I know it makes sense. You know, it's just like your, your incident chain with the Ferrar school. Yep. You know, you went to that school and you really didn't have anything happening until you were in how many miles away? Yeah. Six, seven hours away. And you started talking about, the school again and that thing went off yep. like crazy see yeah so so yeah that's just yeah it's, it's crazy how some of that stuff works it's kind of like on a delay you know a it's little like, bit. Did, did somebody turn the delay off please <laughs> you know? but so yeah. do you guys work at all with psychometry with objects i just started with i do pictures now that's weird. The, the whole thing. <clears throat> my my mentor, um, she started sending me pictures and saying, I need you to read these pictures. And I had never done that before. I didn't know. You know, I was at work one day on lunch and she sent me this. I need to know what in each picture, what it was and this and that. And so I told her in each picture what I saw and what I felt and this and that. And I was basically about 85% correct. And then afterwards, I was completely drained. I didn't want to go back to work. I didn't realize. I I didn't even. I was like, oh, I'll try this, sure, you know, and didn't think much of it. But then it just all these images came through so strongly that I was just like, where did this come from? You know, I I was just like astounded. My friend that just got a new house. I was trying to look up his address, and I had to look up on Google and his picture of his house came up and I clicked on it and boom, this image of this old lady is still there. She's passed away, but she still lives there. And I'm like, Oh, he's not going to like that. <laughs> you know? So that's something new for me. And it's, it's, it's kind of neat, but it's very draining. Yeah. It's very, I'm like, yeah, I kind of have to pace myself with that. Yeah. Now, Shane, have you tried it with equipment next to certain yes, objects? I have. At, I was at a museum, uh, the Van Buren Poor House. Oh, museums are great to invest and, in. You know, yeah. And I, 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 it's great because I have friends I can get in there pretty much any time. So I was there at the museum, and they had brought a bunch of children's toys from like the 1800, late 1800s, early 1900s, little toy trucks and a couple little dolls and some stuff. You know, and we did the, you know, the blind test. Okay. Circuit board is over here. It's recording. It's been recording for hours. Now we're going to bring these objects near it. Let it set for a particular time. Take them away. Let it set for a particular time. Take them away. And there, there was very minor changes in the statistical data during some of those times. But, I mean, it wasn't anything glaring. So, I'm not going to say nothing happened, but I also not going to say oh, Eureka. It was this huge thing. The numbers went off the scale, you know, because right. for me, I look at things in numbers and statistics and mm -hmm. data points and, you know, now, do you try to influence the environment and see if there's changes like playing yes. music? We've or done things. Doing we've a done Jacob's music. ladder. Yep. We've done Jacob's ladder. We've done music. We've done uh, metal detectors before because they emit a very strong EMF pulse and then mm -hmm. they read that pulse. And if there's metal present, obviously, then it shows it as metal or whatnot. We figured, okay, well, if they feed on spiritual energy and EMF, you know, this thing ought to be like a buffet, you know, they're going to hit this thing hard, <laughs> yeah. you know, and if they in, and in the act of hitting that thing and, and draining the energy, it's very sensitive. It, you know, it should pick them up if they take any energy or put any energy into it. And so I actually have a metal detector built into the sensor board now. And oh, we have it. had some 
activity on those, but only when females do the questioning, not when males. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, because no, us guys weird. sit there for you know a half an hour talking to the air, trying to get these metal detectors to do anything, and our first female investigator walks in and like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're trying to get entities to mess with these metal detectors. She's like, oh, hey, if you guys could touch that thing over there, that'd be great. And it wasn't 15 seconds and it's going off. It's like, ah. Because she asked. <laughs> yeah, she's better looking than me. That's what I <laughs> And sometimes that does help. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it's setting that intention. It's going, hey, play with these yeah. things. These are for you. But right. I love that thing out of the right. box with the metal detectors. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So there you go. Nugget of knowledge. Now, cool. you, now, some of these spirits, I mean, there's different levels to all these. I mean, the spirits that are on the other side. Is there any ones that you could tell when you like you do a reading or if you're going to a location, Kitty, and, and you, you sense that this person's been here a really long time or a short time? Hmm. You know, people always ask me, why are all these spirits always Victorian or, you know, the how come we don't get cavemen or we don't get spirits you know, from the 80s or whatever? And it, it goes back to location. If you're going to an old location, chances are you're going to get spirits that passed away a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, one of the exceptions to that was I was – and you can, you can pick up spirits pretty much anywhere. It doesn't have to be, you know, quote, a haunted location. Sure. It just, you have to go into a certain vibrational kind of meditative state and just – asked to connect i went uh i used to be an avid whitewater rafter Ooh, until fun. i had bilateral knee replacements but <laughs> uh we would raft during the day and we would camp riverside at night that would be so much fun i'm and an outdoors so, person <laughs> oh god i love rafting i miss it so yeah. so we're sitting in camp and you know we're sitting at the dinner and stuff and i'm just kind of lounging there and so i just you know the sound of the water and i just kind of naturally went into a meditative state and all of a sudden, the spirit just appears before me. Young kid, about 18 years old, wearing swim trunks, soaking wet. <laughs> Dude, I think I drowned. <laughs> and I just look at him, I go, Dude, I think you did. Sorry. <laughs> and he's like, Whoa. <laughs> and then he just left, you know? So, you know, they're out there. I think maybe they just move on a bit more quickly or they just aren't you know savvy enough to want to communicate but you know the younger spirits yeah, you know the younger spirits are out there but like and you know in that hotel you'll pick on somebody that maybe not belong in the hotel might just be passing through and you kind of get that gist of this person's coming forward because they need to communicate or they need help mm -hmm. uh i went to um the whaley house in san diego mm -hmm. and you know they're known for very specific spirits in there Right, And we started immediately picking up on a young girl who was hysterical. She was just at the moment of death, and they were wrapping her in funeral shrouds. But she wasn't quite dead, and they were already wrapping her. And she was oh. like in that panicking kind of I can't breathe state. Uh -huh. So once again, it goes back to utilizing Reiki. What can you do for this poor spirit to calm her down? Right, right, right. And just intuitively, you just I, we just started talking to her. Uh, myself and another friend were picking up on the spirit and just calming her down. This is a memory. You're not in this place right now. This is just a memory. You're mm -hmm. not experiencing this right now. You're okay. You're you're at peace right now. This is just a memory. You don't need to be because she was just trapped, just time right. loop, time loop, right. time loop, time loop, being wrapped up in a funeral shroud and she's still breathing. I mean, can you imagine how many decades That'd that poor scary. girl had probably been in that place and no one knew how to address it? Right. Oh, here's a girl and she's in a funeral shroud and we're, you know, we got a little fuzzy cloud picture. Let's put it on YouTube kind of thing. <laughs> and, and I don't really discount just investigating for the sake of getting evidence, but you do need to address these poor spirits right, that might right. need something. Right. And we had really no clue exactly what to tell her. So we were just telling her, it's just a memory. It's okay. It's okay. Like any parent would kind of calm a child down. It's okay. And we could see her kind of start breathing slower mm -hmm. and then j just relax and say, it's only a memory. You are at peace now. Right. And then once you, you, and you don't have to say angels or, you know, whoever yeah. you can just say, whoever needs to maybe come and take this child home. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. Please just come and take this child home. Take her or take her where she needs to be. If she, if yeah. she wishes to go, and obviously this child wishes to go, there are spirits obviously, and they like to hang out in locations. Yep. And I'm all for that. You stay however long you wish. I'm I'm here for right. you every time. Right. But if you need to travel someplace, if you need to go someplace, can someone come forward and take this child home? Mm-hmm. And so obviously this was someone who had not passed away at the Whaley House. This was somebody who just saw the light right. of people trying to communicate, saw that kind of vibrational thread, mm-hmm. and just reached out for help. Right. And she had she had no connection at all with the Whaley House, but we, we sent her where she needed to be. And it just it's a lot of it I just wing it. I just just by feel this person I felt yeah. didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. She was a frightened child. And what do you say to a frightened child? You you calm sure. them down. And send them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, I, I'm doing what I feel I can to help right. those, and you know, using equipment to validate what I'm getting and and share my stories and write, and hopefully with that, I'm getting people at least to question some things, to ask more questions, and to say, hey, this this sounds like something valid. This sounds like something I'd like to do. This sounds like something I've experienced. Mm-hmm. And sure. Hopefully they'll try it as well. But once again, it's spirits pop in and out of different locations all the time. They aren't locked into a right. specific room, a that specific location. Right. right. You know, they'll they'll travel to and fro and I just play it by ear if somebody needs to reach out and or they just want to talk. Right. Hey, I'm lonely. Right. I've been stuck here for three decades. Right. right. You, you've got a REM pod. Let's go <laughs> yeah. for it. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, let's talk. Let's let's make it blink. Let's play. And yeah. there's that too. Right. Yeah. Sure. It's- you know, in, in that energy aspect of it, you know, we're all connected. And I I believe that, you know, collectively is, you know, you can connect to the spirits in any location. I mean, like I've said this before, you can go into Walmart and people can walk by you and you can, I, I've had people just walk by me and they just give me the heebie-jeebies. You know, I just be like, oh my gosh. You know? I, don't, I don't doubt that people in Walmart give you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we have uh, a lot of time is gone. So I want to say thank you so much, Kitty, for coming on the show. It's been lovely and a great time. Very informative. Well, yeah, thank you so very much for having me. It's, it's been, been delightful. A great discussion. Yeah, really great. And I, I would love to have you back because I'm sure that there's plenty more that I could talk to you with. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, me and you Shane Bowen. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So we want to thank you again. And Thank everybody for watching or who is going to be watching this. Um, I will post this on Facebook. I will also post it on our YouTube channel um, probably today or tomorrow. So as that, we want to say thank you so much.